Welcome to Naked Without Shame, Theology of the Body and What It Means to Be Human. My name is Kelly Reed, and I will be your host. And I'm Kelly's co-host, Kerrigan Gardner. And we will be right back. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Open your hearts, open up your hearts to Christ. The reason life is the joy that comes from God and is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. Welcome back. And before we get started, I'd like to invite you to check out Awaken Nation. Um, if you enjoy all of the different programs that Awaken Catholic is putting out, we would invite you to be a sponsor. You can go to awakencatholic.org donate. Any size donation will be helpful in promoting this ministry. You can do it monthly. You can do a one-time donation. But we would love if you would consider to join us. And we love the Hallow app here at Awaken Catholic. It's a really neat Catholic meditation app where they have so many um, different meditations you can choose from, whether that's a rosary, any time of day, a nighttime meditation. And what's really neat is that you can get um, one month for free of the premium version by going to hallow.app awaken. Hey, thanks, Kerrigan. Today's episode is called Naked Without Shame. <laughs> and we're going to actually go back to the very beginning where Jesus takes us back. And we're going to see what was God's original plan for all of us. And hopefully that will give us some idea of the beauty of what God had planned when he created human beings, when he created the marital act and, and sex. And... Um, We'll go from there. Right. So. so when you say the beginning, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I think if we remember from, a, from our first episode, we kind of talked about Matthew 19, um, where Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees, and they're asking him about divorce. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus says, well, you know, what does Scripture say? Scripture says God created them, man and woman, and the two shall become one flesh, and, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. And they said, well, then, if that's the case, why did Moses allow us to have a decree of divorce? And Jesus says, because of the hardness of your hearts. Right. But, but, and this is the important part, it was not so in the beginning. And so what he meant by that was to go back to the very beginning of creation to see what was God's plan. So for us, the best way to do that is to go to look at Scripture, mm -hmm. to see Genesis. Right. So where in scripture does it talk about God's plan for both sex and marriage? Okay. Well, actually, marriage is the most talked about analogy in the whole Bible. And we see it as the bookends. So in the beginning in Genesis, we see the marriage of Adam and Eve. And then in Revelation, the marriage of Christ in the church. Mm -hmm. And all throughout scripture, we will see marriage as this... Um, analogy of how God loves, because scripture really is the love story of God to his people. And um, I think it's important just to do a little bit of background before we get into, into the actual scripture. So 
in for the for the Jews, obviously the Torah, what we would call the Pentateuch or the the law, the first five books of the Bible, th- those were originally attributed to Moses. But when we when we read them, we're going to see that there are two creation stories. Well, how can that be? How can there be two creation stories? Mm-hmm. So so many of these when we study scripture, I guess first of all, Looking at the Old Testament, the New Testament, we know that there were eyewitnesses to it. Uh, We know that these are things Jesus said and did. But in the Old Testament, we have such a mix of different types of literature. Some of it's historical. Some of it is to be taken literally. We have, you know, the Psalms um, and some beautiful um, symbolic writings that we have, apocalyptic writings. So not necessarily everything in the Old Testament is meant to be taken literally. So it's important that we know what is supposed to be and what isn't. So when we look at the creation stories, we have to understand understand the big picture here, that these are not scientific accounts. They are not meant to tell us how God created, but rather that he did create, that he's behind all of creation. And so um, there, there were two two basic stories, I guess, that came through the ages as oral traditions. We have mm-hmm. the, the, the Yahwes, the priestly tradition and then the Yahweh tradition. And these were pretty much, you know, oral stories that were passed on until the Babylonian exile, which was in the 6th century BC. At that point, for the benefit of the Hebrew people, many of these things were set to papyrus since they didn't have paper and um, so that way the people would have something to pass on. So as we go through the creation stories, we'll kind of be able to see how that fleshed out and why it was the way that it was. So um, just to remember that we're not going to be taking them literally. So people would go, well, how come there are no dinosaurs in the creation story? (laughs) Well, certainly the people that were being inspired by God to write these stories had never seen a dinosaur because they were long extinct. Mm -hmm. But yet it's so amazing to see how the Holy Spirit really does give us the whole picture for creation. And it is very beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. shall we dive in? Shall we dive in? Yes. So let's take a look at um, Genesis one. Actually, that's the best place to start. As Jesus said, Perfect. in the beginning, it was not so. Yes. So in Genesis one, the first creation story, um, we can maybe take turns reading each day or something. Okay. So, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless wasteland, and darkness covered the abyss, while a mighty wind swept over the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw how good the light was. God then separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Thus, evening came, and morning followed the first day. And God said it was good. Mm -hmm. Then God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate one body of water from the other. And so it happened. God made the dome, and it separated the water above the dome from the water below it. God called the dome the sky. Evening came, and morning followed the second day. Yes. And then I think just to expedite it, it, you know, it goes on. So we have Mm -hmm. the next day, the the water under the sky is gathered, and and we have the seas, and then... um, and then there were lights in the dome of the sky. So we have the sun and the moon and the stars. That's the fourth day. And then God said, okay, let the waters teem with the abundance of living creatures. So now we have you know, the fish in the sea. 
and um, then the birds of the air, and God blessed them, saying, Be fertile and multiply, fill the water of the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and morning followed the fifth day. So then, um, if you want to pick it up at verse 24. Great. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth all kinds of living creatures, cattle, creeping things, and wild animals of all kinds. And so it happened. God made all kinds of wild animals, all kinds of cattle, and all kinds of creeping things of the earth. God saw how good it was. Go on? Yeah, go on. All right. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the cattle, and all over all the wild animals and all the creatures that crawl on the ground. Okay, so now we are finally where God is creating human beings. Now this is interesting because God says, let us make man in our image, man being man and woman, okay, so in our image. So if we talk about what is the image of God? What is the image that we use? I mean, it's the Trinity. So God is going to make us in his image. So he creates. Then it says he, um, he created man in his image. In the divine image, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So man is not just the male gender. It's man and woman, male and female, the way God created them. And um, so God blessed them, saying, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all the living things that move on the earth. God also said, see, I give you every seed-bearing plant all over the earth and every tree that has seed-bearing fruit on it to be your food. And to all the animals of the land and all the birds of the air and all the living creatures that crawl on the ground, I give all the green plants for food. Notice there are no carnivores here. <laughs> Everybody was a vegetarian <laughs> or a vegan. The they were a vegan, yeah. Um, and so it happened. God looked at everything he had made, and he found it very good. So that's really significant because we look at, you know, all of the, the first five and a half days of creation, and, mm -hmm. and it's good. God sees it as good. But after God creates man and woman in his image— he says it is very good. Mm -hmm. We are the only creatures made for God. Everything else is made for us. Mm -hmm. And um, so evening came and morning followed the sixth day. Okay. Well, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Really, really kind of cool. And if you, um, you know, if you've ever looked at art that depicts um, the Garden of Eden, you know, before sin mm -hmm. entered the world... It's, it's very interesting. I mean, there's no sin, there's no death, there's no pain or suffering. So you have the lion and the lamb depicted together. Normally, the lion would have the lamb for lunch, but not, not before sin entered. You also see the depiction of the serpent standing upright, which is significant oh, yeah. because after the fall, you know, the snake then has to crawl on the ground on his belly. So it's, it's, when you go back and you look at some of these pictures, it, it, it is very interesting. You know, before sin entered the world, did they just eat plants and seeds? I guess so, because guess if, you so. Ate, if you ate the bunny rabbit, then that wouldn't be good for the bunny rabbit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Sin, sin changed a whole lot. It sure did. It sure did. So do you want to read the first part of Chapter 2? Yeah. Thus the heavens and the earth and all their array were completed. 
Since on the seventh day God was finished with the work he had been doing, he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had undertaken. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work he had done in creation. Such is the story of the heavens and the earth at their creation. Okay, great. Now, this is where we can see when the scriptures were finally written down that this would have been added in because we know that God doesn't need to rest. God is beyond time, and God is God, so God doesn't need to rest. So this, the seventh day, the Sabbath, was put in, and as Jesus says, he goes, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. To remind us that that is the day that we give honor and homage to God. And so it had to be written into scripture so that the people would understand it in their Mm -hmm. captivity. Wow. Yeah. So that's the first creation story. What it does is it kind of gives us the overview of all of creation. But when we get into the second creation story, it speaks more specifically of the creation of human beings. So we can go ahead and um, start with that if you want to start. Uh, with the second creation story. Yep. All right, let's go. At the second time, or sorry, (laughs) second creation story, but scripture says, at the time when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, while as yet there was no field shrub on earth and no grass of the field had sprouted, for the Lord God had sent no rain upon the earth and there was no man to till the soil. But a stream was welling up out of the earth and was watering all the surface of the ground. The Lord God formed a man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. And so man became a living being. Okay, all right. So we've got the fact that um, we come from the earth. People will argue, is it creationism or is it evolution? With the church, it's really it's not an either or, it's a both and. And we can kind of see that here mm-hmm. because if evolution as a theory was ever proven, I mean, we can see how we came from the clay of the ground, you know. But at some point, God instilled in us a spirit that resembles him. And that's and that makes us different from all the other creatures because we are the only creatures with with a free will and an intellect. No other creature has that as intelligent as they might be. They do not have that opportunity for free will to actually think about something and then make a choice. They could be trained to do things, mm-hmm. but we're the only only creatures that can do that. So yeah. it says when the Lord formed the man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. So God breathes his spirit into humanity, and we are inspired then by God. And that's kind of a really neat image for me because when we die, we expire that spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about it like that, the reverse happening at death. Yep. So God is inspired, man is inspired. And uh, so then we can go on. Uh, It talks about how God planted a garden in Eden to the east, and he placed the man there whom he had formed. And then out of the ground, um, various trees grew and were, were delightful to look at and good for food with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. So that's important because we're going to come back to that later on. But right now we've got this beautiful garden. We've got this tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
in the middle of the garden. And then scripture goes on and it talks about, actually describes the place where Eden would have been, an actual place where the three rivers come together, the Euphrates and the Tigris, which are still today, um, and the and the, the Gihon, which um, I don't believe that is still flowing. But if you go to the delta of the Euphrates and the Tigris River, that's in Iraq. So, and that's really where the the beginning of humanity came and where, yeah. when Abram left, I mean, he came from the land of Ur, which is down there. So it's interesting. Um, so to verse 15, we'll say, the Lord God then took the man and settled him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. And the Lord God gave the man this order, you are free to eat from any of the trees in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and bad. From that tree, you shall not eat. The moment you eat of it, you are surely doomed to die. Well, Adam is sitting there in this beautiful garden. He's got all these beautiful plants and everything. And God says, you know what? Have whatever you want. Have a good time. That tree over there, stay away from it. If you so much as touch it, you're going to die. Well, Adam doesn't know what death is at this point. But he has a perfect relationship with God. He sees and knows God clearly. He knows God's will clearly. And he knows God's truth clearly. So so he's fine. Mm-hmm. So you want to go ahead with um, verse 18? Yes. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a suitable partner for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground various wild animals and various birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called, each of them would be its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the air, and all the wild animals, but none provided, or sorry, proved to be the suitable partner for the man. So we have Adam in the garden. God gives him all these animals. He names them all, but he's feeling alone Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this. It's what the Pope calls original solitude. So whenever we are talking in Theology of the Body about um, something that's before sin entered the world, it's going to say original. So original man okay. is man before sin entered. Mm-hmm. Original solitude is what Adam felt at this point. It's sort of like, you know, if you go to a, say you go to a party and the room is packed, but you just feel so alone. Mm-hmm. That's that's that solitude that, that Adam was feeling. Right. And um, so he couldn't find a suitable partner in, in all of this. And this is why we don't marry animals, because they're, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Adam had the opportunity. There were all these animals there, but they were not suitable. They were not his equal. Mm-hmm. So then we can, we can go on. So the Lord God cast a deep sleep on the man. And while he was asleep, he took out one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. The Lord God then built up into a woman the rib that he had taken from the man. And when he brought her to the man, the man said, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of her man this one has been taken. So Adam finally meets his match. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, I, I can only imagine Adam and Eve in the garden, and they look at each other in this pure love because they have such a clarity of what God is calling them to. So they look at each other and they say, I love you so much. I want to give myself as a gift to you. I want to make you happy. 
And wouldn't that be great if that's the way we went into all of our relationships? <laughs> Whatever I can do to make the other person happy. But unfortunately, <clears throat> sometimes we're a little more selfish yeah, than that, I guess. It's tricky. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, it, it's interesting. I heard um, Dr. Janet Smith speak once, and um, she is just a phenomenal uh, theologian, philosopher, and she, she speaks a lot on things having to do with theology of the body. Okay. But she, she said, you know, Adam was created from the earth. So Adam's worldview was the earth, you know, what was around him. Eve was created from Adam, from his rib. So her worldview is Adam. And oh, I thought wow. that is really interesting when you look at the differences between males and females and the way we innately you know, women can be much more nurturing. Mm -hmm. There are always exceptions to right. this, of course, right. but but typically because we're wired that way. While men are more about, you know, the things of the world, the things that they have to do, you know, to support their families and do the things that they do. Mm -hmm. So it's oh, it's interesting cool. that while you know we live in a day and age where people have all kinds of roles and everybody shares things, um, that we do have an innate wiring that goes all the way back to creation. Mm -hmm. And so right finally, here. do you want to read the um, verse 24 and 25 then? Yeah. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two of them become one body. The man and his wife were both naked, yet they felt no shame. And this is just so beautiful, because here mm -hmm. they are. They are together. They become one flesh, one body, and... There is no shame there. They just are having a great time, and there's no embarrassment. There's no worrying about being used by the other. It's all this perfect love, this perfect gift of self-donation, freely given, a total gift of self, faithful and fruitful. Mm -hmm. So Adam and Eve in Genesis mirror exactly what we're called to in our own um marriages and mm -hmm. and through the marital act right and right. so that's why jesus said you have to go back to the beginning to see what god intended now can you imagine what marriage would look like today if everybody who got married understood that this is the image that marriage should be based upon mm -hmm. this totally total different. gift of self total gift of self yeah. to make the other one happy completely mm -hmm. I mean, some marriages come pretty close, but we're all flawed. We're all broken. And at this point, Adam and Eve are not. And so they have that gift of, of beautiful clarity, yeah. and they know God. Yeah. So, yeah. Inspiring. It is. It is. Yeah. So on that note, we'll, uh, we'll end this session. Mm -hmm. And join us next time as we look at the fall. <laughs> <laughs> This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.